Welcome to the Find Your Summit podcast. I am your co-host, Brian. And I'm your host, Leah. <laughs> I hate that you do that to me every single time. Um, and, and we are excited to be joined by Lewis Beard. Uh, Lewis and I were college roommates for three years. He now is a corporate attorney um, at MailChimp, but also um, just is releasing songs from his new album. Lewis, uh, happy birthday. Hey, thank you. Also to clarify, I am not a co-host of this podcast. I am not, <laughs> not related. Not yet. Depending on how today yeah. goes, maybe you will be. This is actually an interview for the co-host position. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was not prepared for that, but hopefully this goes well. But uh, thank you. Yeah, it's my birthday as well. So pretty good day so far. Wow, that's exciting. You're drinking coffee at home? I'm drinking coffee at home. I've had a little bit too much coffee to maybe over-prepare for this uh, podcast appearance. I'm a little jumpy. Yeah, it's okay. Um, well, our 100,000 100, listeners will be gracious with their... Um, um, so you... Uh, we're going to jump around a little bit, but first, you you took this new job that you were in like the day before COVID, basically, right? And you've just been working from home the entire time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I took the job... I guess it technically started April 4th, which was maybe a week or two into this whole kind of lockdown lifestyle. <laughs> so I have not once set foot in the office where I actually work. I am entirely a remote attorney, which I think is a thing that couldn't have possibly existed at all 10 years ago. Um, and it's been a strange experience, but it's not been too bad. I am looking forward to actually going in one day. And I think that's around the corner. <laughs> and, me and, and meeting your coworkers. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I don't even know how tall people are. They could all be, like, <laughs> really short and really tall. Uh, Do you think they think you're yeah, really tall? They might. Yeah, I think I give that impression via uh, Zoom. I, I put a lot of little things around me to make myself look huge. I think um, that's, like, one thing that um, people are surprised about me the most, like, when they see me on Zoom or something and then they meet me in person. I'm only 5'2". <laughs> It's like a, oh. it's like a, yeah, right. It's you like would a, never have guessed that from yeah, the podcast, right, yeah. Lewis? <laughs> no, from your voice, I assumed you released five six. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you released the first song of your new album. It's called "Everything's Cool" um, off the yeah. album Mega Turquoise. Yeah, um, which I was explaining to my daughter Bay this morning, who's getting a lot of run on the podcast today. But um, <laughs> turquoise is her favorite color, and so she thinks the album name Mega Turquoise is about as cool as anything she's ever heard. I, I think that she completely understands what I'm going for. That, that was entirely the point. That's the. Demo I think turquoise is also a very cool color, and it means nothing. Adding the word mega to it means nothing beyond just like lots of turquoise. <laughs> is your is so. your when you release the actual physical CD like is it going to be like in a hard plastic case that's just nothing but turquoise? <laughs> the fact that you think I'm releasing a plastic CD at all is <laughs> an interesting way to go with this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, sure. I kind of put some uh, there's some album album art out there circulating that's got some pretty vibrant colors and some turquoise in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't dig too deep into the meaning of that other than what it sounds like. I'm currently looking at your single um, album picture, and it's it appears to be something you took while you were sitting in your car. Ah, uh, that's correct. Uh, most of the most of the stuff that I'm using for these songs and like all the artwork and stuff are just pictures that I took at some point and kind of like manipulated to look a little more artsy. Um, that one I think I took while I was sitting outside of Taqueria del Sol waiting for my taco order to be ready. Um, yeah, on a particularly rainy evening that just kind of ended up working with the vibe of this song, but you know, saves me having to pay somebody to go get me some professional pictures. So that's right. Whatever. Um, so Lee and I have spent a lot of time talking about this notion of passion versus profession and obviously you do two very distinctly different things um in yeah. being a lawyer and being a musician 
do you find that those things actually balance each other out? Like, are they so different that it's nice to have both or, um, or, or is there more of a rub? What a, what a fantastic question. Um, yeah, I, I think they do balance each other out. And I think you'll find if you, if you interview a lot more corporate attorneys going forward, <laughs> um, we're going to have a new spinoff show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Summit podcast featuring only corporate attorneys. Um, yeah, no, I think that a lot of us actually do pursue kind of creative stuff on the side. I have a 21 person legal team, um, including staff and lawyers. And most of us have something going on on the side, whether it's creative or not is a different question, but, um, yeah, I think that having something that's much more creative minded does help balance out the much drier part of being a lawyer, which is really much more adhering to rules and regulations and statutes and making sure that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to. Whereas making music, you're just kind of, you're, you're trying to, to break boundaries and figure out new stuff and be creative. So for sure, I think it's a nice balancing act. What is the inspiration for this new era of music? And to clarify to our guests, you actually, your musical artist name is The Wire Light. Um, yes. And I, I, I sent your song to my brother yesterday with no prompting. And he was like, oh, I love Lewis's new song. And I was like, you knew it was Lewis? He was like, obviously I knew it was Lewis. He <laughs> 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 didn't think it was yeah. just The Wire Light. Um, we, yeah. Well, yeah, what's it's, the inspiration not... for this new era of The Wire Light? Like versus the previous uh, yeah, iterations like... of Lewis Beard music? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so honestly, I guess it's just kind of to have a, a, a distinctive, a, a distinction point between this new album and the previous stuff. Because, yeah, I've released music as Lewis Beard. I've released some songs under the Zero Beach moniker, which was a, a band that existed for a couple of years in Atlanta. Um, and I think that it was just designed to kind of um, try out this new version of, of the way that I'm doing things. Because I'm recording all of this stuff at home. I think, in my opinion, I've gotten a lot better at what I'm doing. So the new stuff, to me, sounds significantly more professional and polished than all the old Lewis Beard stuff. So it's not that I want to kind of, like, completely divorce myself from the previous songs, but at the same time, I don't know that I really want people who are listening to The Wirelight to go immediately back to, like, 2011-era Lewis Beard songs and be like, oh, this sounds like crap. Like, who, who is this <laughs> So I think that it's, it's really just kind of, like, trying to draw a line between the two. But I think there's also a difference in terms of, of the musicianship. I've kind of landed in a different, more distinct place. Like I've got, if you will, like a voice in terms of what my music sounds like now. But I don't think I had quite figured out uh, 10 years ago. So it's just kind of the final evolution of what Lewis Beard music is, I guess. When do you, do you have a, um, a system around writing music? Are you like 10 p.m. I go into my studio and record or is it a more of an inspirational based thing? Uh, well, you know, it's an interesting question for the COVID time because, uh, I, I live at my house 24 seven and, and rarely leave and Maggie is here as well, my girlfriend. Um, so finding time to actually kind of just be loud and sit in here and make music is a little bit harder than it used to be. But no, it's really like if I have a quiet day at work and I feel like I can set aside a couple hours to work on stuff, I'll do it. Um, and I've been doing a little bit less creating new songs in the last year than I have been mixing all these older songs. I had a lot of kind of a backlog ready to be mixed. So I've been working through that. But since I finished this album, I've been kind of working on some new stuff. And the process for me, is just a matter of kind of coming up with a cool tune or a melody first. And I, I, I do lyrics way down the road. That's the last thing I do typically, because honestly, I hate writing lyrics. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so the music's more fun. Do you ever think you'll write? music for another lyricist like is that something you would do or do you like owning the whole 
uh, thing yourself? I've tried that. I mean, I've, I've tried the collaboration thing a couple of times. I like the idea of it. Um, I'm better at doing that remotely than I am sitting in a room with somebody else and trying to write a song together. It's just, it's just makes me feel self-conscious. I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'd be open to that at some point, but I haven't quite gone down that road yet. Me doing the music for uh, your podcast was the first kind of commissioned work I've ever done. And that was actually super fun. So I'd do more stuff like that too. Yeah. Well, and we love it. We do love it. Uh, Lee <laughs> and I, you. this is probably the highlight of both of our work weeks. Like we it both is. really like our jobs, but podcast day is like, <laughs> it's a different high. I literally put on my calendar, podcast day. <laughs> <laughs> are y'all podcasting from a studio or are you at someone's house or what? We're in a studio. Yeah. In Charlotte? Oh, yeah. We, like, go to a podcast studio. We, like, have a whole it's thing. A, it's a whole vibe. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's awesome. We I mean, because it makes you feel like you really are doing something different than your, your day-to-day. Totally. We yeah. both, like, commuted to our podcast studio today. Yeah. Um, and we, I saw, uh, we almost never have anything to planned. The, yeah, you just kind of go with whatever is happening. Yeah. I, I looked at your list of previous episodes and saw that you had one on April 9th called, Is Emo Really Dead? <laughs> I was just about to ask you about that. <laughs> Did you listen to it? No, I, I no. just saw it like like an hour ago. So I was going to ask you all, is emo really dead? Or are you going to ask me that? Um, I'm going to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what do we mean by emo, first of all, I guess? Great question. So like I said in the podcast, which you will obviously listen to as soon as you, you hang up. <laughs> embark on that endeavor after this conversation. Okay. Um, so I have been listening to this playlist on Spotify that's been curated um, called Emo is Not Dead. And the playlist <laughs> includes bands like Under Oath, Taking Back Sunday, Dashboard mm. Confessional, Hawthorne Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, You're speaking Lewis's love language right now. Yeah. So, yes, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. So for me, like growing up, I I talked about this in the podcast, but um, I very much listened to like Dashboard Confessional. Like that band was like prime for me. And so oh. when I listen to this playlist, I'm like reliving these memories. And it's also like, you know, emo is never really dead. Like there, once you go through that stage in life, like anytime you mm-hmm. listen to one of these bands, it just brings it back. Like, yeah. Would you, would you yeah, agree? I, I'm like, with you. I, I don't think it's dead. I mean, yeah, as long as we're listening to it and enjoying it, it's not dead, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing the same thing you're doing, really. I, I listen to all that same stuff for, like, Newfound Glory and all that stuff from, like, the yes. early 2000s. And I, I mostly kind of run to it. That's, like, my go-to running music. If um, I was a runner, reason... <laughs> I would probably do the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just gets you really pumped up, right? Yeah. I mean, some of these songs are just, like, a lot of fun to listen to and just gets you particularly jacked while you're running. Yeah, <laughs> they do for me. yeah like, the, like, the um, melody of it is just, like, very upbeat, but, like, the lyrics are just, like pretty yeah. <laughs> some of them are pretty sad <laughs> pretty so, angry and mopey yeah. and pretty but it's like it's like a nostalgic feeling it's like man. yeah for sure <laughs> when i think of lewis like your late 90s early 2000s music i'm thinking better than ezra uh <laughs> like thinking of uh, had, widespread panic a blog for my for my did you get widespread panic <laughs> is, that, is that a misidentification? Is that Chris? <laughs> yeah, I'm not like widespread panic. <laughs> um, okay. uh, I, I did get, I had a premiere uh, from Northern Transmissions, the blog yesterday for my new song, and their first line was that Lewis Beard may have born, been born two decades too late, and then they compared me to the Gin Blossom, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I was just I about to know. ask you about that. Do you feel like you were born two decades too late? No, and I don't even know what that means. Because, like, 
if I was born two decades ago, then I would be drawing on like 70s and 80s music. I mean, I had to be born the time I was born to have these bands be my influence, right? It's mm-hmm. a great point. Um, so, and I and I did love Gin Blossom, so I can't say that they're wrong necessarily. <laughs> um, but I'm also always looking out for new emo type music because that is that is some of my my jam for sure. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if y'all know the band Pine Grove. I feel like they're doing a great job with like modern day emo music. It's not quite the same like bombastic. Yeah. huge choruses and guitars but the same kind of like you know really introspective lyrics and great melodies mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff so it's still out there it's just a little different i'm not sure i've discovered new music in the last 10 years other than like the wire light <laughs> <laughs> well that's all you need man. i know we need to hang out more that's why i'm on podcast with leah so she can talk about these different <laughs> spotify playlists she's listening well, to i mean like i said in that um podcast episode is i talked about how myspace played a huge role in me finding new music especially within that yeah. industry because that's like yeah. where you went to find these bands that were you know like just starting out and like really wanted to be in that scene and i really wanted to be in that scene and then obviously mm-hmm. you like would come to your friends and be like oh do you know who blah 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 is and they'd be like no and you're like well <laughs> i do <laughs> See, I, I told leah how i was such a musical poser in high school i was like <laughs> I, all of my musical preferences were rooted in how I thought they were going to play when I told them to other people. Like I, I, feel like it's, I feel like it's nothing I've ever been able to own in my life. Like, this is what I actually like to listen to. Oh, man. I feel like I know your musical preferences pretty well, though. I feel like they're pretty genuine at uh, this point. Yeah, that's, they're probably better now, and it's, um, it's easier now that I have kids. To, like, Bay and I can jam to the same music. Oh, uh, yeah, that probably helps. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I kind of got to a point uh, years ago probably early college where I realized that a lot of, I like a lot of different music and a lot of it is not cool music to like. Like I really enjoy like Backstreet Boys. I celebrate Taylor Swift's whole catalog. Like, oh my gosh. Leah's the biggest Taylor Swift fan there's ever been. <laughs> I wouldn't well, go that far. She is unbelievable. <laughs> she's just like, yeah. she's a genius. Honestly. She is. Her songwriting is like remarkable. Not a, it's not a cool thing to say in like a musical interview. Like I'm being interviewed this afternoon by a, <laughs> a blog that I've never heard of. And if I said, like, they're like an alternative culture blog. And if I talk about how I love Taylor Swift, they probably won't air my interview. <laughs> but but I think she's fantastic. And, like, I, I think it, it, it takes a lot to kind of get past the point where you worry about what people think of your music preferences. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, there's some, like, stupid stuff to like, but that doesn't mean it's bad music. That question is so hard to answer. Somebody it the is. other day asked me recently, which I haven't been asked probably in 10 years, but somebody was like, what kind of music do you like? And I'm like... Uh, it is uh, a really hard <laughs> question to answer because mine, like, it just... it. Depends. Right, it depends like, do you want to see my do you want to see my Spotify most played? Like, Honestly, yes. I feel like that is a great response. Be like, here's my Spotify. Like, right. It's like look at it. I, have, I, have, I, have like Minaj, I have like Nicki Minaj and I have like Nicki Minaj and Taylor Swift and Hamilton and Marin Morris and Lewis. Yeah. Those are like my that's, that's, that's an eclectic mix. I've got I got my Spotify most played like whatever thing they give you at the end of yes. the year last yes. year and it was entirely I don't know if you know this band but it was entirely Breaking Benjamin. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which is like a Absolutely. Like I would call them butt rock emo. Like yes. they are just yes, ridiculous. Absolutely. Um, and uh, go ahead. It's solely because I used to run to them. Like I, I yeah. ran to them for the entire year because they get me pumped up when I run. But like, would I ever listen to them when I'm not running? Exactly. Probably not. But now Spotify thinks they're my favorite band. Yeah. So, um, what are your uh, what are your intentions or hopes or dreams for this new album? Like you know, you're you're. Uh, turning 36 today and you've been doing music right. you've been doing music for 20 years and I'm, I'm curious if you think <laughs> that if you have some intentions for this 
Well, he just really put everything into a really bleak perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, you're um, 36. <laughs> yeah. <What> are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing with your life? <laughs> uh, I, I we, have your, we have your parents here in the studio. They're coming on next. <laughs> <laughs> They'd like to have a sit down. Um, yeah, I, I think the goals are pretty pretty minor. I think because my expectations are so low at this point, um, I've put out a pretty good bit of music over the years. And like, I've, I've kind of gotten pretty disillusioned by the process because what I've done in the past is finish up an album and just literally kind of chuck it out there into the world and say like, here's my music. And then don't put any kind of marketing behind it. And then of course, like I get, I, you listen to it and that's great. And I very much appreciate <laughs> friends and family kind of picking up on that and, and enjoying it. But my goal for this one is really just to kind of try and find an organic audience and like get mm-hmm. some people who I don't know to listen to and hopefully enjoy the music and spread it around. So that's sort of the impulse behind getting on board with this PR company is to try and put some actual effort behind releasing it this time, because it does take a lot of time and energy and effort to kind of do the actual creative process and get the album recorded and out there. But then if you just kind of drop it and don't, don't work to actually introduce it to people, you really haven't finished the job. And so I'm trying to really finish the job this time and kind of see what happens. Yeah. Um, do you, I, I feel like right now it's, perhaps the easiest time to be discovered, but also almost the hardest. Cause like with Spotify and you mm-hmm. can get on a playlist and like you said, people genuinely listen to you and they share your music. And so anybody can be discovered, but there's also so much music yeah. that it's like, yeah. it's like wading through thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are like all could be on blank radio on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And it's like, or like new songs. And uh, I, does yeah. that, does that like intimidate you? Does it excite you? Does it feel like, man, the right person's going to listen to this song and there's opportunity for me? Yeah, it changes. It changes the way you look at it for sure. I mean, I'm thinking of when uh, me and two other uh, Davidson alums, we comprised the band Stalking Louisiana quite some time ago. And that. uh, That's my favorite band we... name of all time. Stalking <laughs> yeah. Louisiana. We, I thought that, that band name is no good in 2021. <laughs> we, That's we, true. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave that in 2007. Uh, yeah. We, so we put out a CD, uh, an album back then in 2007. And even at that point, it was like a big deal to even get our music onto iTunes. We were like, oh, wow, look, you can get our music on iTunes. Like, we've got a CD that will mail you. And even then, it felt like we were kind of just by doing that, wading through a good bit of the, the yeah. riffraff out there. But at this point, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, it's so easy to both record in a home studio and get your music up on Spotify. Like, there, there are no barriers anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's so much music that if you're not doing something like trying to kind of do the PR push mm-hmm. or, like, diving into TikTok, which I have not done, and I'm frankly terrified of. <laughs> um, like, there's just no way to – there's no way to differentiate yourself. Like, it's just a very different uh, thing to do. So, yeah, I'm intimidated, but I'm trying to figure it out. Lewis, I'm going to push you to do TikTok because – Music pops okay. off on there. Isn't that like, how Olivia Rodrigo? Yes. Like there, yeah. like, there are so many, um, like, songwriters that, you know, they'll just, like, sing on, like, you know, a video. And it's just, it's amazing how quickly you can go viral. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to push you a little bit and just try it and see see what happens. Like, it's, it's, I, I hear you. I mean, I've been told that, that it's, it's, like, the next frontier. And it makes me feel really old to be like, you know, I already did this with Snapchat. I didn't really understand Snapchat. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't um, like Snapchat. It's, it's <laughs> weird. But, I mean. But I feel that. I feel the same way about this. So I, I don't really quite understand TikTok and I haven't taken the time to like figure it out, but it seems like 
aren't they like 15 second clips and like i've got to have some kind of like danceable hook that someone can dance to it's not even like it's not even just dance but the the i think the goal is especially with like artists and musicians is um creating like the sound itself that someone would want to use for their own videos like whether it's a background or something and so i should use lewis's music a video of me dancing yes because someone it's not even like it's like oh this is a great (laughs) sound and then uh, that's how it that's how music pops off on there is that someone just repeatedly uses the same sound for something that's just that's so strange to me man i get it i get yeah it's so different and it it makes me think that people are going to start like recording songs with the intention of having a short clip that is like good enough for other people Mm -hmm. to use which Mm -hmm. is not the way that i write songs but I guess things could be going that direction. That's that's nuts. It's yeah. It's definitely different from MySpace days. <laughs> are are you intending at all to tour in support of this album of any kind, whether it's locally or regionally? Uh yeah. I I think at, at least locally, I'd love to start playing some shows once that's the thing again. I was doing a little bit of that prior to uh, quarantine days. Uh, I also started playing with a band called Quiet Hounds right before this all started. So I was kind of touring around with them locally as well. And I think once everything is totally back to normal, all of those things are going to pick back up. And I'm going to try and put together some kind of band uh, around here that can play my original stuff in addition to playing with Quiet Hounds. And then kind of take it from there. I don't know that I see myself doing like a a, a world tour or like a, a headlining a, tour, a headlining cross country U.S. tour. That seems like a lot because, again, <laughs> I, I'm also an attorney. It'd be hard to just like <laughs> drop that and go across the country. But. I've I've seen Quiet Hounds do this for years now where they're like very well locally known and they play really well attended, awesome, thought out shows in the area Mm -hmm. um, and do really well with that. So I think there is a way to kind of have a very successful band that doesn't necessarily have to go Mm -hmm. do all that much touring, which sounds like a pretty good thing to shoot for to me. Yeah. And I, I do think while the world has gotten like so much more global, I do think things conversely have gotten localized that like even we've as yeah. summit, as summit expands to new markets it's mm-hmm. like you can be so popular and so well liked and so successful in some market and then you can go somewhere 90 minutes away and no one has a clue yeah. who you are and i think that's probably yeah, the same with sure. with music and breweries and now that there's this massive mm-hmm. um proliferation of all of these like craft goods if you include music in that like you could be the best brewery in atlanta and then you come to charlotte and no one would have a clue who you were Totally. I was in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia a few weeks ago, and I think there's some kind of Virginia uh, law governing the import or export of, of alcohol or something. And so they have all of these local Virginia breweries that uh, don't really get a lot of distribution outside Virginia, but they're great. But you'd never know unless you happen to be within Virginia at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild. Um, what is, would you say that this is, and maybe it's not a comparable act, but like, do you think this music is, are you proudest of this compared to anything you've ever created? Or is there a certain era of your music where you like stand behind the most? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say this is the best I've done. I mean, I, I've gotten, because of the way that I do this, where I record all of it myself, I, I feel like I've always been pretty proud of my songs, at least after a certain point. Like I wrote some garbage back in like high school. <laughs> um, but I've always, I've always stood behind my songs themselves, but I've gotten a lot better at packaging them in terms of recording and producing them. Um, and so this is definitely the best sounding uh, collection of songs that I put together. And like I said, I've kind of found more of a voice. I think at this point, at least to those who listen to me most, and maybe you'll agree or disagree, 
I think that you can kind of you can kind of hear the the particular Lewis Beard production in some of these songs now. They are kind of they have a distinct sound, um, which I think is is what I've been shooting for all along. And I think that going forward, I'll be able to kind of even more closely hone in on that sound, get a little better at polishing things than I am. Maybe, maybe move my studio out of my guest room at some point, like have an, a, a better space for the actual recording process. Um, but yeah, no, this this is the best thing that I've put together. I'm super pumped about it. Um, I'm already excited to do the next album, but uh, I got to get this stuff released first, I guess. Where do you get validation from? Like if you got to, um, is it intrinsic? Is it extrinsic? Do you, like, will you be proud of this album even if it never gets any coverage or would, or do you feel like if you get a handful of good reviews, it'll make you feel differently about it? No, oh, man, that's, that's such a good question. I've, I've discussed this with, uh, the producer of Quiet Hounds is also a friend of mine who played bass across this whole album named Deke. And he just opened up a studio, uh, outside of Athens, Georgia. And we've discussed this at length about kind of what, what, what the goal is. Like, what, what are we trying to get out of this? Knowing that the music industry is what it is. Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of point where you feel like this was a successful album? And I think that it's sort of a losing battle to even kind of think about it that way. Because, yeah, I think if you're not getting sort of intrinsic uh, satisfaction and fulfillment out of doing the album uh, on your own, then you're not going to get it elsewhere necessarily. Like the likelihood of it kind of becoming a viral sensation, whether through TikTok or otherwise, is pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can just kind of enjoy what you're doing for the purpose of doing it, which I do. I mean, I love sitting in the studio and just working on these songs. And that's why you do music um, more or less, right? Not for the exactly. hope that you're going to yeah. be a superstar. Exactly. I mean, it'd be cool to be a superstar. I wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> You'd be a great superstar. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I, You'd I actually be a deal. terrible superstar. You'd be so nervous. <laughs> I would be really nervous, and I would be very demanding. It's unlikely to happen, and I think you got to look at it that way and just kind of enjoy what you're doing for the, the sake of doing it, which, which I do. And I think that even if I got no, no validation for this album, I've already had validation. I'm talking to you about it right now. This is validation. Yeah. Um, I think I would still make music just because it's what I do. Mm-hmm. There's, I can't think of another industry that's been decimated as much by COVID as the music industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah. so many. I mean, for we just talked about Taylor Swift. For all the success Taylor Swift had in the last 12 months, and maybe one of the best years and ever by a musician. But yeah, um, there's a bunch of people like the Quiet Hounds um, who just have not been able to tour, and that's mm-hmm. where most musicians make any money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder how many people have given up on their music dreams in the last year because they had to like, quote unquote, get a real job, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot. I mean, I remember early on in all this stuff, like last April, May 2020, all the musicians that I follow started doing those uh, kind of YouTube live shows for a couple months there where I think that's back when we assumed this was going to be a much shorter. Right, like uh, took Venmo thing. donations. Right, and then I feel like that kind of dropped off. I, maybe I stopped paying attention, but I, I feel like I've heard <laughs> no, I think it about did. that. I think it disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it, it, it's hard to it's hard to figure out how to make money in this industry, even when things aren't uh, beset by pandemics. But in the last year, like I don't know what people are doing. I, I've never. I mean, I'm so far in the red musically in terms of finances. <laughs> I, don't, I've, I would I would love to be in the black one day, but I don't expect to be. So I don't know how anyone does this, does this as a career. Um, what shifting gears slightly toward the end of this interview, you've been working from home and locked in for 13 months, uh, give or take a few <laughs> weeks. Are there any things 
positive things that have come of this from you? Like we, and we ask a lot of our guests this, but are there any new habits you've discovered any way you've changed it? You changed your daily routine that you feel like you want to keep going forward? Um, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, it was definitely sort of a shock to the system, but I think Maggie and I have realized that we, we get along very well and can do it, do it, do a great job cohabitating in this way. Uh, That's despite being know. on top of each other 24 seven. It's an important thing to determine. <laughs> Yeah, important thing to figure out. We, we got a Peloton, and uh, that's been Whoa. a nice. I know, right? <laughs> you, you, you and the other hundred of my friends. Yeah, and it was, and I was so resistant to doing it because it's so <laughs> lame. Uh, but, like, honestly, it, it, it's great. I mean, it saved my winter. I couldn't run. I'm sure you ran outside all winter, but, like, I just couldn't do it. It was too cold. Um, and the Peloton was just a great kind of different thing to do. And we have uh, now a bench and some weights up here. So maybe Whoa. I don't go to the gym anymore. I don't know. The Peloton and Taylor uh, Swift really uh, had good really, years. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, I, I've really revealed myself in some unfortunate ways. In this <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think I would take some of those things with me, but I'm really mostly looking forward to getting back to the way things used to be slightly. I think we're going to be going to the office only two or three times a week on a permanent basis going yeah. forward. So there will be more time to kind of have this, this flexible work life and do other things, which is great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's been, it's been a revealing experience, but I am also pretty pumped about it being over. What else are you looking forward to other than uh, maybe playing some gigs and going to the office and meeting your tall coworkers? <laughs> Or shorts. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if they're tall. They might be short. <laughs> they're all tall. Uh, we, I mean, I'm looking forward to going and seeing some shows. I'm looking forward to playing shows, but I'd love to go see live music again. I'd love to go to a movie theater. I've, I've always just loved going to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really didn't stop being outside, so I feel like right. that is not something that I have like, missed or anything. And, in fact, I've been outside so much that that's probably another <laughs> thing that I'll do going forward. You're tired of being like, outside. Yeah, it's so pollen out there. <laughs> it is. It's nice, but it's so pollen. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll probably do a little probably do a little more like patio dining on a on a default basis going forward because it's really nice most of the time, which yeah. maybe I didn't realize. Um but yeah, no, just just the normal stuff, man. What, just getting what back concert, to life. What concert would you like to see right now? Oof. I'd love to see uh well, Collective Soul played here a few weeks ago. I couldn't go to that one uh, wow. because I didn't have my vaccine yet. And that's Probably not number one on my list. <laughs> <laughs> that would have uh, been a surprising answer, but it would have been. And I'm, I'm not making that my answer. Uh, I don't know, man. Whoever whoever comes to play, I would go see. At this point, I want to see any kind of live music. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see Quiet Hounds, even though I play with them now. They were like my favorite band for a long time before I joined. Yeah, um, love to do one of those shows. Anything. Elton John would be cool. I don't know. Elton John would be cool. Um, Andrew, yeah. who you know, one of our coworkers, um, he yep. is taking um, his wife or his fiance and daughter to see Celine Dion. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. They're when? going. They're going to Washington D.C. to watch Celine Dion in concert. When? Yeah, <laughs> the, the, September. Oh my gosh! For what? <laughs> who, who's the Celine Dion fan there? Um, their daughter, primarily, who's uh, just turned four. <laughs> oh Harlow is a huge Celine Dion fan, but they. Uh, yeah, they're all going to D.C. to see That's Celine amazing. Dion in concert. This, like, like she celebrates Celine Dion's, like, just original catalog of <laughs> totally. like, bombastic 90s ballads. Yeah, we were, we were in a meeting the other day, and she was there, and Andrew put a bunch of Celine Dion on, her, on his phone, and she just sat there singing along. It was amazing. Oh, my gosh. 
So Celine, yeah, I mean, Celine I, I Dion think wouldn't make your list. Point, <laughs> no, it wouldn't be my choice, but like just, just anything. And I, I think Celine Dion would be in the anything category. I'd go. <laughs> if someone gave me a ticket, I'd totally. Yeah. I bet they're expensive though. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh, Celine Dion is a big, she was in Vegas for a long time, right? Yeah, she was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I can't believe we got the podcast just went into Celine Dion. It's. <laughs> The only podcast where you can hear about Lewis, Taylor Swift, and Celine Dion in the same yeah. 30 minutes. I knew we chunk. were going to Celine Dion. Celine Dion always comes up. <laughs> it's true. Um, Unavoidable. Um, well, Lewis, congratulations on your new album. The single released from The Wirelight is called Everything's Cool. Um, you can find it on Spotify and presumably other places where you listen to music. Is that, is yep. that a fair assessment? That's a fair assessment. When, Anywhere that you could find music, you can find the. And when are you dropping the full album, Mega Turquoise? Uh, well, there's two more singles coming out. One is May 13th, and then one is mid-June. And then a week after that mid-June single, it's gonna the whole album's going to drop. So wow. I've got a couple months. And then Your life's just wait for Wireline Summer. <laughs> yep. Then it's just going to, music industry is going to be back on its feet. I'm going to become just this mega celebrity, mega turquoise, mega celebrity. Well, good thing we've already yeah. talked about booking you for late June in Davidson in case it blows up. We used, I'm going to still oh, hold you. Right. I'm going to still hold you to that one hour, <laughs> happy hour gig. <laughs> My prices might increase. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Well, thank you. And we hope you have a great birthday and um, enjoy your Peloton. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Cheers. Bye. All right, that was our interview with Lewis Beard. Um, he's a funny guy. He is funny. Uh, he's probably what I told Tyler. He's probably my funniest friend. He's the person yeah. that makes me giggle the most. Yeah. Um, well, um, I hope everyone has a great weekend. I guess this yes. will be released next week. So have a great week. Yeah. Um, and again, please email us at podcast at summitcoffee.com. We want to hear your thoughts. Um, if you have guests that want to come on. Yeah. Or, or ideas if you want to come on. If you- <laughs> Feel free to send us a thought or idea, inspiration. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun with this. And um, Bolo for continued Summer Coffee content. And we will be back with you next week. Bye.